Up next is the daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 51 says, And Jesus answered, Let me at least do this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Jesus said to the chief priests and captains of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you in the temple daily, you didn't stretch out your hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. In the garden, Peter was sleeping when he should have been praying. And when the crisis came and gang, the crisis always comes, he blew it. Instead of rising to the occasion, he hurt an innocent individual. That is the characteristic of someone who is out of the word and out of communication with God. Jesus, although not surprised, seems almost incredulous at these events. For he was with them daily in the temple, as he said, teaching, and no one laid a hand on him. You see, the battle that Jesus was fighting was clearly not to be won by force, not not with a sword, not with politics, and not with human effort. Not by any extra spiritual method. Jesus was moving physically, but in answer to the spiritual. He was moving according to the Father's will, plan, and timing. He was acting to further a government that dwelt inside of his followers. You see, Jesus knew that ultimately his plan and will could never be forced with a legislated law, no more than it could with a sword. Luke tells us that Jesus healed the ear of Malchus, the servant of the high priest. He then turned to remind Peter with a statement that should echo down through the ears, even unto the hearts of modern man that such methods are not his way. Matthew reminds us that, well, if force was the answer, he could have called 12,000 angels. In fact, Strong's Concordance tells us that the language actually describes a number that could measure up to 82,000 angels. Let us remember what one angel in the Old Testament did in one night in killing 185,000 soldiers. Verse 54 says they seized him and led him away and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed from a distance. The illegal nature of the judicial handling of Jesus is well known and profound. The location of the hastily organized trial, the the nighttime hour, the Passover timing, these things and more are all illegal by the accepted laws of the time. But you see, Jesus was not brought in to answer for any legal or judicial issue. And these who went out to arrest him, they were not seeking for justice and righteousness. No, in truth, what we have here, frankly, is nothing more than your average angry lynch mob. Our text says that Peter followed him from a distance. Peter had begun with compromise number one. And he did that when his pride manifested itself in his bold declaration that he would never deny Jesus. 
Now compromise number two begins with the sin of presumption. For Peter now followed afar off. Many of us try that foolish ploy. We think we can follow Jesus afar off and that everything will be okay. We, however, become spiritual stragglers, hanging back, keeping Jesus just barely in sight up ahead. We want to acknowledge, however, that while the rest of the boys ran away, Peter was still there, albeit at a distance. Therefore, we might be tempted to grade on a curve and give Peter more credit than is due, just as we might be apt to give ourselves more credit than we deserve, saying, quote, we might not be as close to Jesus as we should be, but hey, at least we're in church, end quote. Verse 55 of our text says, When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat among them. Now we have Peter's third compromise. And frankly, a compromise that's easy to do after you commit the first two. For now he finds himself warming at the fires of the enemy. I wonder how many of us today are warming ourselves at the fires of the enemy. Because this is where we can find most individuals who have already journeyed through their initial departure from Jesus. The excuses for such their legion. It could be inattentive living or inconsistent walking or simply via a crisis of faith. A testing of our beliefs and a stance in Christ where at one moment we flinch. This was Peter's story. Oh, but he's far from alone, for countless individuals have followed him down through the ages. God invariably brings us to the limits of our faith, comfort, and willingness, every single one of us at some point. He causes us to choose hot or cold, forcing us out of the realm of the lukewarm. Verse 56 says, a certain servant girl saw him as he sat in the light and looked intently at him and said, This man also was with him. But he, Peter, denied Jesus, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Well, now that the pump is primed with compromise, the game really begins. For Peter, after all, uh, he had experienced all that there could be experienced as he walked with Jesus. He had shared with Christ, and now he's denying that he even knew him. This is Peter's first denial as he slides into the pit of rejection. Around innumerable fires of the enemies of Jesus Christ today stand those who once walked with the Messiah. They tasted of his power and they touched the joy of knowing him. And in their rejection of the warnings, these individuals are not where they're supposed to be today. They, even at this point, seemingly without exception, still believe themselves to be safe and sound. They still believed themselves to be on solid ground. They were okay. They could still come back. Woman, I do not know him. Bang, strike one. The first denial. Peter could, however, still pull up yet. He could still get out. I wonder if he still felt like at this point he was still okay. Where were those brash words now? that bold declaration that he would never deny his Lord. He obviously felt a little compromise 
was, well, manageable. He should have known, but he was sliding away. We know the rest of the story. We know that Peter would indeed go on to be a great man of God and he would move the world in the future. But on this day, he would find out what was truly in his heart. Such a journey seems to be mandatory for anyone so greatly used. Verse 58 says, After a little while, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter answered, Man, I am not. Strike two, and Peter was fading fast. Yet there was still time. There was still time to save the situation, still time to backpedal and stand with Jesus. I wonder if in truth he felt like it was all slipping uncontrollably between his fingers as he uttered those words. Words that he never believed he would ever and could ever speak. I do not know him. I am not with him. I can only imagine the panic welling up inside of him. That feeling that it was all out of control and that he was caught in something, that there was no stopping, that overwhelming sick feeling that all was lost and there was no way out. Verse 59 says, After about one hour passed, another confident, confidently affirmed, saying, Truly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.